You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about Mike Grella, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. everybody and yes welcome to the american soccer analysis show i'm your host ian with me today we have harrison the highlander crow and kieran the king of kong doyle so hey everybody guys welcome back harrison yeah welcome back there can only be one there can only be one harrison uh (laughs) there can only be one we did we did try call our alternate harrison but he was busy yeah we gotta get better alternate harrison yeah yeah that (laughs) That call out for like, if your name is Harrison and you also know a lot about soccer analytics, please reach out. Surprisingly, not a lot of responses. You know, on I, I mean, realistically, you don't really have to know very much. <laughs> I know like the baseline. Like, so I think yeah, it'll be good. I, if, if you have like an average amount of soccer knowledge, you too could be on the American Soccer Analysis Show. Yeah. Honestly, if you just have like a lot of knowledge about anything, probably it'd be, it'd be good. Like if you just know a lot about like cars we could just do an episode about that in the off season, you know, just, just your favorite cars. You guys know a lot about cars. Zag. Or yeah. Team Wolf, if you know lots about Team Wolf. <laughs> team about Wolf, them. we're passionate about these sorts of things around here. Um, well, listen, oh, you know. One? Uh, oh, not, no, it's not again. <laughs> we can't get into this. We can't do a Team Wolf segment. Uh, Sorry. Well, listen, this is the first time that we've spoken since uh, Major League Soccer has crowned its annual champion. Uh, Congratulations to the Los Angeles Football Club in probably, I'd say, the best Major League Soccer Cup final ever. I don't think there's anything even close to it. Um, Did you guys did you guys watch that game and and have fun watching that game? Yes. So I I have a kind of funny story. About Tell my me. watching of this game. So I, I also coach a U21 boys team that were having their trials at 6 p.m. Eastern time the day of the game. So I was like, okay, I'll go early in like two hours. The game will be done. Kind of forgetting about how MLS kickoff times work and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, poten- the potential for shenanigans in this game. So at like 60 minutes, I'm like, okay, well, I got to go out and set the field up. Like I'll watch the last 30 minutes when I get home. And I come back in and my phone has like 400 messages in a group chat and (laughs) and, and the ASA Discord has like 8,000 notifications and ASA Slack has a bunch of notifications. I'm like, oh man, like I wonder what happened. So I get home at like 10 p.m. I, I put the game on and I'm like, oh, this is like pretty crazy. And just every five minutes I was like, oh, this is even crazier. And it just escalated and escalated. It, and then everyone missed their penalties in the shootout. And it was, I was like, okay, I, t- I understand everyone's reaction now. I think it was nice. And since we're like, me and Harrison are, are Seattle people and you're a Toronto person, we don't get too many opportunities to watch one of these as a neutral anyway. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of glad this was a neutral one because it was too, I don't think I could have handled the swings, you know? I think my, yeah, I think I mean, my heart it, would have it, exploded it, if I had a rooting interest in one way or the other. So my, my heart goes out to those fans that were watching this with like, you know, their hearts in their throat the whole the whole time. There is a time that like we were watching the we were watching the, the PKs there at the end and like I, I told my wife I have zero investment right now in this and my like even my hand was a little was a little shaky and stuff, right? The adrenaline start going and stuff because, like, it just it, it just was so peculiar, is so odd. Everything, all the dominoes that just just had to fall exactly and precisely to get us where we were with John McCarthy 
And it just, it was nuts. It was great. It was, it was, it was pure adrenaline. It was, it was, yeah, it, it was awesome. So my main takeaway, I think from this game um, is that, and I tweeted this out, I think probably, but I'm just going to say it again here on the show. Um, I invented a soccer rule while watching this game and I've thought about it and I see no downsides to it. And that is that if both teams score in an extra time period, just play another period. Like, 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 like play 15 more minutes or whatever, you know, but as long as teams are still scoring open play goals, don't go to penalties. Like if the game stalls out, sure. You know, if you go 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you want to decide, and nobody scores in that period, then you can go to the penalties. But like, I feel like we could have done another 15, 20 minutes of that. It would have been fine. And we probably would have seen more goals. I think there is a lot of room for extra time improvement. I, yeah. I, I would be super down for teams to like, <clears throat> like vote. Are you going to like, do you want to go to penalties now? At 90 minutes, Ooh. if both teams are like, you know, what? I, we're not playing extra time. Let's go to PKs. Okay. I think, well, I mean, LAFC being a man down would have definitely preferred to go to penalties, oh, I sure. think, at some point. For like, sure. there was definitely a rooting or an interest for them on that. <clears throat> so, if you make it so that they have to agree, and if they don't agree, then neither of them win the cup final, then there's like a psychological element to it, right? If they, do, if they don't agree, the, the, the trophy is melted down. <laughs> melted down in front what, of what, them. What team is that? What team is it going to, like, how many how many times are we going to see? Like, Philadelphia. I, I get that Philadelphia it had, a lot of, had a lot of momentum. But once Gareth Bale scored, like, you had to know that, that, that they wanted to go to PKs. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 with, with, with 10 players, obviously. But I think there's lots of situations where, like, you play two halves of extra time and it's still tied. And if you went to the teams and were like, okay, do you want to go to penalties now? Or do you want to play another period of extra time? I think there's a lot of games where, especially finals where teams would be like, no, like I don't want the lottery that is penalties to decide That's this. Fair. Like let's, let's have someone go win it. Yeah. Um, and I like think the, like the love of the it, game. Type deal. Right. And you can't be like, you can't stretch out infinitely, obviously. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you do 30 minutes and no, neither team scores, then that's fine. Go to penalties. That's what I'm saying. Like, then when you've played your 30 minutes, no one's been able to break the deadlock. And like, like a lot of teams do, you know, they get to penalties and it's just, or the extra time in these cup finals. And it's like, there's too much at stake right now. <laughs> like, we can't afford to like be the guy that makes the mistake that, that, that ends this, you know? So, I, I, you see teams a lot of times in that last 30 minutes and it's just kind of a, everyone's just playing super, super cagey. And so if that happens, that's fine. The game's stalled out, take it to penalties. But these two teams put it up in fifth gear. Like, let them play. <laughs> like, let them keep going. I, I don't think that being a man down would have been so bad for LAFC going in with all that momentum, the crowd behind them, um, you know, all the emotion from that incident uh, with, with Crepo. Like, like, I don't know. I would have loved to have seen just more of how that game went without just kind of going into penalties, which, you know, was fine. And LAFC, I don't think you could argue that they were a deserved winner. I think either team could have won in penalties, and I don't think anyone could have complained or, or should have complained. Uh, just an incredible game. Like, it had everything. Um, can, can, I, can I drop a controversial take? Yeah, drop one. Please. I, I, I think it was a really exciting game, but I think it was like actually pretty bad. Oh, you yeah. mean like like aesthetically, like from the sense of not, like we not, didn't see. not just aesthetically, but I also think like neither team were able to do what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like LA never really got any possession game going, aside from there were like twenty minutes from when they score the first goal to halftime that they're like they cooked, like Philly were rocked and they they played really nice soccer. But outside of that, like they couldn't really get anything going. And at the same time, like Philly could never really get anything in terms of like transitions or like fast attacks into the box. It was like just a lot of LA's press was pretty good and like, okay, we're not going to let you do anything in possession. And Philly were like pretty solid defensively deeper where like LA aren't going to really going to get anything dangerous. And it was just like, set pieces and chaos, which is like admittedly a very fun game to watch. I don't want to take that away at all, but I think neither team, if you compare to even the last few MLS cups was able to do what they actually wanted to do. 
Not what they're good at, not what they're built to do. But maybe that's why it was so fun is because like both teams had to be really uncomfortable. Yeah. And they both seemed like it was kind of a, uh, I don't, I, this feels so tropey to make this comparison, you know, but it, but it had like a, a street brawl kind of characteristic to it. Like there was a lot of chaos going on. Um, just a very like fast and physical kind of game. And uh, for sure, like, yeah, this, this is not the kind of, I think before, like the week before when we were talking about it, we said that, you know, neither of these teams is going to really kind of change their approach to how they're going to go to this game. Like they're going to be themselves. Um, and I don't know, like it seems like the opposite of that happened and neither one of them actually could just kind of do their thing. Right. <laughs> well, I think that both sides wanted to rely upon the figures that kind of, uh, kind of got them there, so to speak, right? Uh, They wanted to rely on their players and the pieces that, you know, change games. And I think that there was no point in time that, you know, the majority of those players did that, right? They they did really well in shutting down, you know, uh, wide attacks. They did really well in, as Kieran said, shutting down transitions. Um, There was no fast transitions into the opposite field or limited, rather. Um, You know, it... Yeah, it, it was just a really weird game in which both teams did really well neutralizing what you do really well. And so, yeah, you're kind of forced to to play set pieces. And, you know, ironically, you know, uh, I think it was Maddie who put out some stuff about G, G- in, in the Slack about, you know, set pieces and stuff. And, you know, Philadelphia has the better pieces for that. And I think we kind of saw that too uh, play out with Jack Elliott. Yeah, this was a uh, hilariously good game for uh, <laughs> for Jack Elliott fans like myself. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of messages from people going like, Jack Elliott! Uh, so I have vicariously earned some of his praise, um, which was very useful. But I mean, like statistically wise, like this is a lot lower than I thought it would be. Like, uh, Elliott had 1xG, Philadelphia had 1.6. Uh, that's that's like, like take, take in some of the goals that are scored in that game. Like even the bail equalizer is like mm-hmm. a header dead center inside the six and they still only put up like one XG. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I guess it was Jack, 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 Philly had 1.6 and Jack Elliott scored a goal from inside the net. Yeah. <laughs> he was literally just standing there. <laughs> it's like the closest goal we have to one full XG right there. Uh, yeah, and if you look at the graph of the game, it just goes completely nuts in like minute 120. Uh, and that's where basically all the XG comes from is from those close range goals there at the end. I, I just can't remember um, more appealing viewing for a neutral. Like I, I, this was one of those kind of games where I saw people not in the soccer sphere like talking about it. Like my dad had a comment about it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, did you see that crazy game? Yeah, yeah I saw that one. Yeah, well, this, this, and, this I think is like one of the cool things about when the best teams go to the final is there's some like built up equity in terms of like buzz about the teams. Like this was not a six seed or something that not didn't get a lot of media attention throughout the year. Like people talked about LAFC all year. People talked about Bale and Chiellini who like. Bale scores equalizer. Chiellini like didn't even really play a role in the game, so it's it's pretty cool. I think to see when we get the nice narrative story of like the two best teams play. Did, th- so did that is- did that irk anybody else that Bale scored? Like it, yes. you know, it, it, it pissed me off. I just want to be I would, honest. I have, I, I have to own it. <laughs> I would have been happy had anybody else because we'd kind of gotten to this place I think with a, a little sort of comfort uh, an uneasy piece with the situation where we're like okay that bail contract is obviously a little bit I don't know like that's mm, uh, but he hadn't done anything so we didn't care like he wasn't part of the story so it was fine we could just go like ah it worked out but now that he's kind of put that kind of footprint on the season it's a little bit harder to just go it was fine it was fine um, that being said incredible goal and uh you know he was allowed to be there so 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 great job uh but yeah i'm, I'm with you that was like my one negative I was like oh i wish anybody else could have done that i wish anybody else could have like had that limelight moment other than See, just I, I, Hill. I go the other way the narrative pot stirrer in me is like <laughs> this is this is this is perfect 
This is because, you know, Ernst Tanner is sitting in whatever box that he watched the game in. And oh, he's yeah. just sitting there. And he's like, Fuck, just, just, Contra's not allowed. There's a salary cap. Like, <laughs> 1.5 million. Gareth Bale, 97% salary. Really? But with like a slight German Austrian accent behind it. Sure. And and you just you just know he is steaming. Like Gareth yeah. Bale equalized and Don Garber stood up and clapped and he turned and like just death glared him. Yeah. I mean, that was <laughs> You're exactly like right. you, you know that that did happen. That happened exactly <laughs> like you described it. Exactly, you know that it was Ernst Tanner, then Don Garber, and then John Thorrington sitting one, two, three. Yep. And you and you know that Garber stood up and clapped, and so did John so Thorrington. Happy. And, and Ernst and Ernst Tanner just sits there and like gently puts his German beer on the floor and seethes. Just, it just sees seems. quietly, maybe with like a plaintive, like fake smile on his face. Just like he's trying to be a good sport and just kind of go, well, this is he's, great for the league. This is just great for the league. <laughs> he sends a text to the owner saying, we need a new DP. <laughs> we need a new DP immediately. How much game do you have? Why? Him off why? The books. why would they do that? Why would you like, as if like, I don't care who you are within your organization or what type of leadership that you owe the the league on a game like that let you let it kind of hang out let the fact that you're a homer hang out like don't have to sit next to the owner and be like see that play it was crap that was a <laughs> terrible call like be a little bit of a fan like, there's nothing else you can do at that point in time right you know Ian, Ian and I you, we've both been there like there's so many times we're very buttoned up well okay I'm very buttoned up about my opinions with this with the sounders I keep I keep my thoughts well maybe that'll work out maybe that you know you kind of have a restricted idea of and philosophy of what they're going out and you just kind of trust that everything's gonna work out once you start you know, assembling the pieces. But at that point in time, the game's set. Everything's there. All you can do is put on your fanboy hat and go. And have I fun with it. And sitting next to the, the league, oh, oh, come on, that would, that would, oh, that's awful. To, to, to be clear, this is a fictional scenario. I have no yeah, idea. It, it is. I understand it's a fiction. I don't care. It still pisses <laughs> me off. Thanks for making me angry. Uh, I can't wait until I think... I think there's still this general idea that like all MLS like uh, prominent figures, owners, managers, players are like the, there's a very strict company line of like if it's good for the league, it's good for everybody. And I think that like even writers and, and journalists and people kind of in, in our sphere more also kind of have this sort of it's not spoken, but there's this idea of like come on, it's great for the league. And I can't wait until we get past great for the league because I don't want to wear a hat that just is like MLS, go MLS. Uh, and then we can actually just like get mad about this stuff and not be like, but it was great for the league. You're talking about yeah, it, aren't the you? Low. Yeah, the Rob yeah, Lowe type yeah, yeah. moment. Yeah. That sort of mm-hmm. meme of just like, go league. <laughs> like, I don't, I yeah. to, like, I want the league a- to do well, obviously, but like, I don't, I don't want to be like, go league. That's just not a fun narrative to me. It's that's definitely really prominent in CCL. Like teams, oh, for sure. like MLS yeah. fans will cheer for MLS teams in CCL, and like I get it, I get it. But it, it's I agree with you, and I think I think we're actually like getting to that point though. Yes, we're like this is the first time ever that another that that I can recall, anyways that another staff member from another club has publicly said, like, I think that's against the rules. <laughs> uh, there's something sketchy going on there. And okay. He like retracted it and apologized or whatever, but he still said it. Yeah. Like even, even when the galaxy had the thing with Dos Santos and they had the thing with Dos Santos and everybody privately was like, well, the league are going to find a way to make this happen. Uh, mm-hmm. And they didn't. But publicly, nobody nobody's sitting there being like, yeah, I'm waiting to see what happens in L.A. Let's see how right. they bend the rules this time. But you know everybody's <laughs> thinking it. So I think like we maybe we're getting there. Yeah, I hope so. I do hope so. And that'll, because that will mean the league is in a, a good place where we don't have to worry about this sort of thing anymore. Um, so everybody wins then, you know. It's not, it's, it's not a negative opinion. It's just that we want to see, you know, 
teams like, you know, kind of fight and, and, and have fights over the rules and things like that. And not worry about like, oh, you know, the rising tide and all the ships. And uh, this is good, actually. This is good. This is good. This will make you more money. No, and, uh, and those those like little scraps are like for sure added to this final that we're talking yeah. about now. Like that, like there's no way that the LAFC front office weren't sitting there being like, I hope we smash them. And I hope yeah. Bale scores. The, <laughs> and I hope Bale scores the winner. And like you know, they're sitting there thinking that, and you know that there's just that extra little bit of tension, and and that sort of stuff matters. Where like even I don't know, I think about like TFC New York Red Bulls games, where like when we had the crazy playoff game where Tyler Adams man marked. Michael Bradley, and then there's a fight at halftime in the tunnel where Josie Altador and Sasha Question get sent <laughs> off. I hated the Red Bulls for four years. And like, <laughs> not, like not, now it's like whatever because like we're not good and the Red Bulls aren't that good either. And like all those players are gone and all those coaches are gone and both of those front offices are gone. Um, but like that was a thing. Like when we're talking about rivalry week and like the fake, yes, right, like this is how you make those things yes. real. Yes, one hundred percent. Like this is exactly it. So much of like these narratives and these storylines and these rivalries are completely manufactured, like from the league. Like they're just buzz. Um, you know, there's obviously always a local element to things, but like because there's no history to a lot of these, like they, they it always kind of rings hollow. So like when you see rivalries, like organically develop, like those are the ones I really, really like, like, uh, like Atlanta and New York Red Bulls. Like that's a real rivalry because like, it doesn't have anything to do with anything. Like no one made that up and just went like, well, we're generally geographically, technically you're geographically the closest team, you know? So Orlando and Atlanta, guess you guys are rivals. Like, I care. Like that's not a rivalry. I, I, I'll fight that till the day I die. And yeah, so I w- I'd love to see like these actual genuine things build up. So when you do have these kind of like little bit of like, okay, well, this is like those two GMs kind of got into it a little bit. Like that creates like a real tension, like you said. That's what we need more of. And I think this game, this championship game, like I don't think anyone's going to be over this for a while. Like I think oh, these the two next teams time are- they play will be oh, chaos. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you had a guy like get sent off in like a horrible situation. I don't know if I've ever seen that before either. Like that was crazy. Um, That was like probably one of the wildest things I've seen in a cup final. Just somebody that gets so badly hurt that they have to leave and then also get a red card, but also it kind of saved the game for their team. Like that's insane to me. Uh, That's the alternate timeline that I haven't seen anyone talk about is like, there's a world where like, Crepeau is like 0.1 seconds late, later than he was. And the touch is clean and it's a tap into an empty goal. And LAFC have 11 players to come back and equalize now. And like that's, that to me is like, would be just even crazier. This is one of those times where alternate time frame timeline, do they? Right. Like, well, there, yeah, there was no a lot more. more there was a lot of time that was added on as a result of that. Right. There's a lot of extra uh, gusto that was, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's win one for the Kipper, you know, Gipper. So I, I don't know. I don't, uh, that's an yeah, interesting right. alter, alternative timeline yeah, to start yeah. going down and stuff. Oh, and he's in goal saving PKs. I mean, it changes everything. Like it changes the whole temperature of the room. It changes you know, a number of factors we can't even begin to like guess or try to quantify like uh, just a absolute flashpoint of a moment just where every sort of thing just kind of happens at once. And it was, I will give credit to the officials for that because I don't know that I would have had the heart to send somebody off after that. And it was the right thing to do. Like he should have been sent well, off. He, he did. He didn't at first. He at first, didn't. like he, I, from what I understand, talking to like the officials, people that we know, like he, that was a purposeful decision to like give the yellow, let VAR sort it out. Cause he saw what had kind of happened. He was going to let video review sort that out, which probably was the smartest thing to do in that situation. Um, so I'll give like, I'll give credit to Elfath for that. And I'm not, I am not one to give a lot of credit to Ismail Elfath. <laughs> so, um, okay, I don't. I I feel like we should talk about St. Louis because I think that's much more in our yeah, niche yeah, podcasting yeah. range. But the last sure. two points I have because I wrote notes. That's how dedicated I am to the pod you from are the game. The most dedicated that, podcast person for a three-three draw. 
I weirdly thought that the best player from both teams, okay, Jack Elliott aside, were Ilya and Martinez, the two defensive midfielders. And I feel like mm-hmm. praising the two defensive midfielders in a 3-3 draw is really, really weird. And G-plus does not back me up at all. It has both of them. as It has Martinez as being quite good, but that's mostly because his shots are like result in like a perfect pass for a breakaway kind of, even though it's a shot. Um, <laughs> and Ilya, it says, is like literally the worst player in the whole game. But I thought both of them were like really, really, really good. Uh, and that just feels really weird for a 3-3. And then the other thing is that the set piece that LAFC scored the header off of is the exact same set piece that the Maxi Rudy own goal happens off of. And I'm oh. shocked that Philly didn't prep for it better. And then the third point that. is that Philly went out on Tuesday like we said they might. That's true. <laughs> they did fly ahead like we – soccer experts Ian and Kieran did prescribe, hey, get out there early. Get used to the time zone and everything. So they did all they could. We did all we could. and wasn't enough. But Philly will be back. LAFC will be back. Neither of these teams is going to – well, I don't know what LAFC is going to look like next year. They've just declined a lot of options, including on uh, Tello, who they brought on late – uh, in that game, I I don't know who knows what's going to be going on with Bale or with any of those kind of players. So, but you know, LAFC has a knack for getting good players, and I, I think that should some of their players leave, doesn't seem to be a lot stopping LAFC from acquiring other good players. So, I think it's safe to say they'll probably be back. But yeah, great season, I think all in all from LAFC and, and deserved champions, and they did the rare double. You don't really see that too much the Supporter Shield and um, the MLS Cup in one year. Um, I think it's going to be, it just really shows like, this is great to have the best teams in a final. And I think maybe we should look at ways to continue to have the best two teams play this final. I don't have any problem with doing like an East West thing. I think that's kind of cool. Um, but I would love it if maybe we just don't need to give like these teams that were in seventh, like a shot to just put together a crazy run of form or whatever. I'll stand by that. I know not everyone agrees. That's like not the magic of, of the playoffs or whatever, but, but it was really nice to like say, I can feel good about whoever wins this, no matter what it, it was deserved. Yeah. I, I mean, we've, we've, we have litigated the alternate playoff formats. Indeed. Before, I think. Indeed. So let's move on to uh, the expansion draft. The other interesting um, MLSE uh, events <laughs> that occurs uh, whenever a new team joins a league, which is now, I guess, every year for eternity. Um, <clears throat> we are bringing a team to St. Louis. They did pick five players, um, none of which I. Well, I think some of us had Vasilev. I know Harrison had Vasilev on his list. Um, I think a lot of people might have said uh, Giacchini was someone they would want to kind of have he kind of fits that profile it's weird because so much i think happens off the kind of you know out of the public eye with this stuff like there's a lot of like handshake deals of like all right if you don't pick blank we'll send you blank and we'll do blank later um and there's also like a lot of contract situations that are kind of hard to justify so you're not picking like your five best available players necessarily and we we don't know like how these the rest of what your roster build looks like on your whiteboard at home. So we don't know exactly where on the roster you're going to look to fill these holes and use this for. I guess my main question to start off is like, what, what do we think about like the expansion draft, like as a thing, is this still a necessary thing or has it gotten, have we, have we moved past this now? (laughs) Lots of dead sounds there. Uh, I I like it. I I think it's a a useful, um, I think it's a useful tool to, like there's a lot of players that move in the expansion draft or that become available or aren't protected that I think prompts a lot of alternative movement that we wouldn't see otherwise. Like there's a lot of players who I know that GMs and coaches and, and staff look at and they're like, well, I'm not going to call so-and-so about this player because like, I don't really think they're available or I don't really want to start that conversation. But then they see the expansion lists and they're like, oh, you didn't protect Tim Parker, for example, or Tommy Thompson mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, oh, that that is interesting to me. And then I think it, like from a – I don't really know what perspective to call this, but from like a 
insight into the new team perspective, like who they pick and what they do is a very big bellwether or like look into what they do. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. And I think you're seeing more and more like there's not like a lot of big swings in this. Like you're not going to see too many. I can't remember the last time we saw somebody like pick up a, a, a DP. Like maybe it was even what on hell back in the day, way back in the day when Pablo and Hell got picked up in a draft or traded on that day. Uh, is that for Chivas? Yeah, I think it was I, yeah. for Chivas. So that's I way want, back in the day. I want to say Cincinnati took Fernando Adi. They did. Oh no, that was before. They like that deal was. Uh, he wasn't out. a yeah. DP. Yeah, he wasn't a DP at that point in time. I don't think. Was he? I can't remember. Yeah. Um. I look. There's a lot of. T- it, it, I think it's a great tool for teams that are coming into the league. Look, it, it, a lot of these teams don't have a past history. St. Louis is kind of unique in the sense that there's a USL team there, but they're not connected to the USL team. Um. I think it's a great, uh, I think it's a great initiative, kind of like what Karen said to 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 kind of manufacture and catalyst moves, especially with the fact that this league doesn't enable a lot of teams to move talent around the league the way that they should. Um, I do wish that players had more of a say in it. It does kind of suck to to you know be one of the few leagues in in this in the world to be basically be like, oh yeah, uh, you're now on this team. Bye. Um, you know, I suppose every once in a while they have stuff like that that happens in in England where players kind of get traded, but players also kind of have a say in that with swaps and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like it, but at the same time, I wish that there was a little bit more um, – there, there's a little bit more say on the player's behalf on how they would move and, and stuff like that. And I think that if there was that involved – I don't think you'd have uh, I don't think you'd have to do this per se and I think that there would be a lot more movement also from the USL leagues up into MLS as well which I think would be I mean for anybody watch watch the San Antonio game uh this past weekend I mean that's it's another great example right uh San Antonio and Louisville I mean there's a lot of really good talent out there uh in the United States and not just at the MLS level that that yeah. counter that counterattacking goal in that game was wild. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's a weird spot to me where like I think on one hand it's nice that like okay the players outside of your like best eleven players that you're protecting like should get a shot to go elsewhere, <clears throat> and I think like if you look at the expansion list. I compare this to like, I don't know, maybe the Nashville one or like the Austin one. And I broadly feel that the players unprotected in this list were like, there were a lot more good players there this mm-hmm. time. Um, like picking five players was really hard for me um, when I was making my mocks. But like, I think it's it's kind of a, it's I think it's more of a, a positive than it is a negative. Like it is a, a cool opportunity to be part of a new franchise. Um, I I have a question for you both. Um, And and maybe this is unfair to ask you guys because, you know, you don't, you're not inside GMs, but it it feels like every time we have one of these people, the people that we expect kind of what Ian alluded to are never the ones that really get picked. Uh, And it, it feels like some of these players, like it's a waste. Like I get that you want to cap, you want to try to grab some low cap players like uh, Vasilev. Uh, that was a I, I I had him circled for a while. Um, I kind of thought, and actually, I suggested to Ian about a month ago that Tim Parker was going to go to Houston on a trade. Like that that doesn't or go to uh, leave Houston on a trade. That doesn't surprise me. Neither of those moves surprised me. But some of these players on this list, I mean, John Nelson. Like, come on. Like it just seems. It seems like there's other value that could have been had there. And it feels like perpetually you always have an MLS team in an expansion draft draft, like one or two guys that is like, what? Why? Yeah, I think that there's probably, well, I think one of the, 
hardest parts of your roster to fill out, I would imagine, <clears throat> is finding players that are simultaneously both decent enough that they can contribute and also very okay with never playing under ideal situations, right? Um, and so I think maybe you can kind of use, when you look at these sort of expansion draft lists that come out, I think that this is a good opportunity to maybe fill some of those holes. Like, okay, let's get somebody in here that's younger, that can grow in, that's got upside. Um, you know, there's nothing that's more like overvalued, um, you know, in a trade market, in a, in a transfer market than this concept of potential and the unknown. So, you know, like, a guy like Vasilev, you know, might be sort of like, um, you know, something that you could use as a trade chip. It, it's something that you could sort of, but I think a lot of also what you get too is just that the, a lot of it is kind of um, <laughs> like the, the expansion team can somewhat like extort the other teams too and be like, Hey, nice uh, Tim Parker. Be a shame if we picked him, huh? Um, you know, and uh Houston, oh, well, don't do that. We'll, we'll do this instead and blah, 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 blah. And you can kind of give yourself some more favorable conditions there. And I will say that the other thing going is that um, it, the one thing that makes it kind of go both ways, too, is that it's a little bit harder for teams that are new to acquire, I think, in-league talent because they're sitting on a pile of that magic MLS money and everybody knows it. And so they end up paying some really hyper-inflated prices for a lot of the players they do wind up getting. So maybe it all comes out in the wash. Well, yeah, but that, you would think that that would be even more emphasis on going and, and grabbing players and saying, hey, we're going to take this player or you give us a good deal on this. Uh, kind of like what you just said with Tim Parker, right? Like it, it gives you a little bit of leverage up and until, you know, that – it's finished. <laughs> and then at that point in time, you know, deals are deals. Right. Um, so I don't know. I just felt, I just felt like there's probably like Kieran said, there's, there's like a good 10, 20 players that I, you know, I had on that, my list that I was like, man, that's, that's exactly who I would take. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, it seemed like a really, it seemed really weird. Do we want to share mocks before we talk about the actual picks they made? Because I think all of us did a mock, right? I don't think I've got one written down anywhere that I um, actually was taking guesses, which is good. I, because- I just kind of had I, I had players in mind. I don't I don't have a mock per se. Okay, well, do you guys want to make fun of my mock draft then? Absolutely, yes, one hundred percent. Okay, so I did I did a couple things. So I pretended that I was working for St. Louis. So I had like a couple of constraints to think about. Um, First is that St. Louis have a tremendous amount of internationals. So they are very restricted to picking domestic players. And I think like we talked about, like it is a a good opportunity to fill domestic players that, you know, can produce in the league already. Like you don't have to take a punt on USL guys and see if they work out. Mm -hmm. Um, That's second thing. That's a separate thing. Um, And the other is that they already have two DPs and they have a bunch of TAM guys. Um, so they're like pretty limited, uh, in terms of what they can do. So like somebody like Klamala, um, who we, we kind of reached out around the league to find out, does his transfer fee follow him if he goes to a new team? We found right, out he right, right. Yeah. So he remains a DP. Um, somebody like Pozuelo has a lot of baggage in terms of being out of contract. Um, and then there's also a bunch of guys who are like, out of contract up for free agency, like in a weird place, like Derek Etienne Jr., who like is probably going to get a huge raise. Like, I'm not sure it's beneficial to acquire his rights. So anyways, lots of things to consider. So my... A lot of of DPs, too, are... They're not protected for a reason. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If they were productive, you would not be... You would not be keeping them around. Um, So my mock draft... And so the biggest thing is... The biggest problem that I had with this mock draft is that I really wanted Jackson Reagan... And I wanted Stefan Cleveland because the the domestic backup goalkeeper is like one of the hardest. That's like the good domestic backup goalkeeper is one of the hardest positions in the league to fill at Mm -hmm. good budget. Um, And all the goalkeepers on the list except for him were terrible. Like the next best is like either a kid who didn't play, which like that's what Nashville did. I think they took like Zendejas or whatever his name is, the SKC, the XX, SKC guy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and right. It's like Bingham or like Tarbell, who none of whom are good. 
Um, so I ended up just not taking Cleveland. And what I did was I took Vasilev was my first pick because I think mm-hmm. he's actually quite good value and there's definitely something there. Um, Tommy Thompson, who I think makes a little bit too much money. He's at like 280K. Um, I don't know what his option was for this year, but San Jose declined it. So in hindsight, that option number was probably pretty high. I would think so, um, yeah. But at the time, I was like pretty in on Tommy Thompson. Like, I think he's a useful fullback who covers multiple positions. His domestic is not old um, and like seems they, like a good They have really, they don't have good fullback depth either. No, definitely not. And there were a lot of fullbacks in this draft. Um, and some good ones, like even like Boris Sekulich from Chicago is like mm-hmm, pretty mm-hmm. solid, but he's, he's 31 and he makes decent money, but still. Um, Kyle Duncan. So Tommy, yeah, uh, he's weird because he's on loan from Belgium, so I don't really know how that works. I also don't know how this works with Vasilev because he was on loan from Aston Villa, so I don't really know how that works. Um, well, I trust that they've, 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 I'm sure they asked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Tommy Thompson was my second pick, and then I took the two domestic CB, uh, center backs who stood out to me, which was not Bell at all. It was uh, Reagan and Dupuy from the Galaxy. Where yeah. I think, like, if either of them are your starting two center backs, like, you're probably in trouble. But if they're center backs three and four, like, you've got really solid center back depth. At that point, yeah, that's really good. And it's good. like, if, if one of them has to be your third center back, like, you're not committing a ton of budget to them. They're both pretty good. And, like, they're they're limited but they're not they're limited in a way that won't win you games but it won't lose you games either like they can both mm-hmm. defend they're both like pretty old school they're not going to like open possession super well but they can play um Reagan's really slow which is like maybe an issue if they want if they have specific tactical choices they want to make which i don't mm-hmm. know um but he's useful and then I I was like, I'll just trade the fifth pick or I'll take a kid backup goalkeeper since I can't take Cleveland. But I probably would have traded the fifth pick, which they did with Jake LaCaba. But that yeah. was my that was my mock draft. Yeah. And I have I one question. Think- mm-hmm. Jonathan Gonzalez. Uh I Minas- like don't Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know what his deal is. Like I don't know. There were like a few guys like him where I'm like, oh, I could be interested and either the contract put me off or like, like he's one, like I think he joined on loan or like through murky circumstances. Like, I don't know what the deal is with this. I'm not going to touch this. And this is why I'm a fan. (laughs) Like, I think like Paul Harvey really liked, um, what's his name? The SKC guy, Gutierrez. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, like this guy's legit. But then it's like, okay, he actually makes a lot of money and he's like kind of injured and old. Uh, like I, I will say, I actually really like the the Joe Keeney pick. Like I think that's super low risk. Um, yeah, that one makes sense to me. If we if ways. we talk about their draft, I I think the Joe Keeney pick is really nice. I think it's he makes three hundred and fifty k. He's like crazy profile. If if he hits, he's gonna hit the way Brandon Vasquez hit. And it's like if he's bad, you pay eighteen months of four hundred k a year. Like it's not. It's like eight percent of the salary cap. It's not a big deal at all. It's not gonna. It's not gonna break your roster. It's a nominal <laughs> risk. Yeah, yeah. Bell uh, Bell is like weird. I don't think he's good. And like the yeah. the people I I polled about that also thought that was a bizarre pick. So I don't know what the deal is with that. Nelson yeah, and then like who, Nelson and Lacava were just kind of like I don't know. No, Nelson, <laughs> sure. like the Cincy fan said he was like their third choice left back, which is like. Whenever you get a chance to acquire somebody's third choice left back, you got to do it. Yeah, you got to waste one of those. And the the Lacava one is weird because then they traded Lacava to Miami. So I'm like, well, why didn't you just swing a Vasilev Lacava trade and use your fifth pick instead and use a different pick? Um, be, and Lacava has like pretty nice USL numbers, like very interesting. Or next, no, New York is still USL, I think. Yeah. Um, very interesting USL numbers, but then they flip him to Miami, and I'm like, okay, good for you, Miami. But I just, yeah, bizarre one. Yeah, I mean, they picked up a little bit. I mean, that basically paid for one of their international slots, which they are I mean, getting suspiciously cheap. 
(laughs) suspiciously for those in the the GAM-TAM international slot conversion sphere. Normally, international spots are like 225, 250, 300K. And they're getting theirs for like 150, 175. And that's bizarre. they're buying in bulk, you know. Yeah, they're going to Costco and getting the getting eight of them at once because <laughs> apparently they're going to need them. I, there, it does feel like there's a, an abundant. Like TFC traded three away last year because yeah. they played so many kids, and like TFC are a serial max international slot team. Oh yeah, uh, so super weird. Who knows? Um, the other big thing from this uh, this day was, of course, the the biggest deal was the acquisition of Tim Parker from Houston. Um, I don't know. Uh, what do you guys What do you guys think about that? I love it. I I, I go a little bit on it, but um, I think that he's a I think he's a rebound candidate. I think under the right circumstances and you build a, a proper back line with uh, around him, he could still strive. I don't think he'll ever be an impact level defensive player, but I think that he's solid and I think that um, that they could do worse. Yeah. Uh, price was high. I think Houston obviously pretty desperate to kind of um, get him off their books. I don't, I don't think it, it – I, you know, we've seen Tim Parker be good in Vancouver. We've seen him be good in New York. For whatever reason, he was not great in Houston and was making a, a ton of money. And so I think to get any of that off their books, they were very, very happy to do that. So maybe that deal works out well for both teams and for the player too. Um, obviously, um, he will probably want to, <clears throat> you know, I can't imagine, you know, being super upset about leaving the Houston Dynamo right now. <laughs> the way that that theme is going uh but you know we'll, we'll see how that works out it's always nice to have a good um you know like he's one of those guys that like if you could have him for 400k like yeah maybe that's a good call but like at that that nearly a million he was making like mm. well, the, this is what's i think this is like the first deal that i'm like oh maybe st louis like do know what they're doing um because so they trade 500k away, 250 from this year, 250 from next year, which is like if I recall expansion teams get 2 years worth of like boosted funny money, but that might have included last year, I can't remember. Um but they also get Houston to hold on to like 550 grand this year and 550 grand next year, I think. Yeah. Um and so they that, get the player so that and they get the player. So like that 1.1 million is like it's only a 600k budget charge now and you basically have turned 500k of spending money into a million of spending money. Like it's functionally like a weird game for Tam trade even though Tam is gone now. Um yeah. like that's a this is a weird one where like if if like I don't know who's a really like sa- if like the union did something like this. I feel like we would be like, oh, that's really savvy. Yeah. Like, I like don't I don't I don't like Parker like the players whatever. Like I don't think Parker's that great. I think they're kind of in need of like an adult in the room. They're pretty young. Yes, um, but I think like from a pure dollars and cents perspective, like oh, this is I, I think this is like a pretty creative way to approach things. All right, I think it's time. Everyone's favorite segment of the American Soccer Analysis Show. Kieran, do you have do you have trivia questions for us today? I do. I've missed doing trivia so dearly. So I will I will premise premise it with preface, not premise it. I will preface it with there is one MLS Cup question. The rest are uh, expansion draft themed. Okay. Um, even though we ended up being fifty fifty, but I wrote one MLS Cup question a while ago, and it's a good question. So we'll see. So Harrison, as you have been. So, so missed in our hearts. Would you like to pick the first question? As always, there are six available for you. God, let's go with number four. Okay. In in terms of raw goals added, so not above average, raw, no position adjustments to be seen. Name any of the top three non-designated player names that teams left unprotected in the 2022 expansion draft. Mm. Not all three, just one of the three. God, this sucks. While Harrison thinks, I will say, you can thank Mr. Paul Harvey in our 
who is an ASA person, but is in our ASA Discord, who dropped a spreadsheet of all the stats on all the unprotected players live during the expansion draft. This is the kind of contact you could find if you sub to our Patreon Discord. <laughs> I don't have a name. You must have a name. Name an MLS player. Uh, f- trying to rem- recall. Uh, Puzuelo. Ah, unfortunately, Pozuelo is a designated player. Oh, he is a designated player. Oh, come on. Uh, let's. Uh, oh, uh, I uh, center back SKC uh, uh, Fontes. I believe Fontes is also a designated player, and if he's, he's not, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel really bad. Uh, I'm gonna. I think so. I, I think he, I, I think he is. Let me. Uh, normally, I don't like to question, look at these live on air, but let me look because I remember looking at him and saying he definitely is a Disney player. But I will check. No, he's definitely not. All right, I'll take it. He he he. That is correct. Good job. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do we want? Do we want? Let me, yeah, he does. I don't know why I skipped him. All right, do we want the other three names on the list? Yeah, yes. Yeah. What if what if he just wasn't in the top three? Give me a second. <laughs> I feel real. Hold on. Let me look. I don't feel. I feel like he absolutely would be in the top three. I no, feel like he, he'd be in the top. Three. No, he kills G plus. He one hundred percent is. But I don't yeah. know. Why? Oh, but it's adjusted. Oh. No, it's ra- it's raw. So like, it's not. It's raw. Oh damn! But you, but 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 you are making me. I'm I'm questioning. Oh damn! I think it's fine to just. I think we just give him the point. I'm going to give you the point because this is terrible I think, radio. I think it was close. I think it was close enough, and that's the most important thing in soccer is just being close enough. That's how soccer works. Yeah, because yeah. I, I can't. I can't think of anything. Darwin Quintero would probably be another one, but I think he's Quint- a DP. I, I have Quintero on my list. He is not. He is just Tam. He's, he's not a D. I see. Like, that was like the, one of the now. first names that came to me. I was like, oh, DP. So the oh. list I have is Bedoya, Quintero, Derek Etienne. Uh, Derek, but Fontes, Fontes should is definitely in there. So I'll give it to you. All right, yeah, we know. Uh, Ian. Hopefully, okay. this, this question is um, Give me number, I don't know, give me number two. Okay. Um, so I went back and I looked at every single expansion draft ever. Mm-hmm. Which franchise has had the most players selected in all of them total? Since the beginning of time? Since the, so the first expansion draft was 1997. With uh, Miami and Chicago, I think were the first two teams, mm-hmm. and all the way up until the one we just had, which franchise has had the most? <clears throat> it could I'm be an original s- team. It might not be. You never know. Say, this is just a guess. It's a great question. I couldn't possibly tell you. It, it would just be a guess. Uh, I'm going to guess Dallas. That is a good guess, but it is incorrect. Oh, Mr. Oh, no on Kellen Acosta. Who do you guess to steal for one point? LA Galaxy. No, that is incorrect. So I was certain it would be the Galaxy. The Galaxy have been good forever, and they're an original team. It'll definitely be them. Not even close. Not even top 10. New York? Uh, no, it's the Columbus Crew with 16 <laughs> players selected. And it yeah, wasn't even close. I think, I think second was the Rapids with like 11. Yeah, that checks out to me. Like those are some of these because these are the kind of teams that have those sort of like stocks of like domestic. They have like they have lots of players. okay players. Yeah, lots of okay players <laughs> that are cool with just being role guys. Yeah, yeah, yes, that checks definitely. out. Also, funnily enough, the first expansion draft you could pick twelve players. Wow, twelve. Yeah, they really used to be like. And there was no restriction. Like Columbus had three players taken in the first expansion draft. <laughs> Just like get them out. And back then, like those teams, like those would be used. Like even I remember like Seattle's expansion draft, like those guys they selected, like played minutes. Like they were there on opening day. Like they had a lot of time. Uh, and wow, now there, I think- there might be there might be a question just about that. 
Oh, goodness. All right, Harrison, you're up. Trace. Oh, it's that exact question. Here we go. So in all of the expansion drafts ever, there have been 169 players selected. Nice. (laughs) Nice. How many of those players were traded or released before playing a game with their drafting club? So this is our over-under question. Um, So... Uh, Ian, I'm going to have you guess the number and Harrison, you're going to pick the over-under because the over-under is much easier than picking the number. So out of 169, how many were traded or released before ever playing a game with their drafting club? 78. Harrison, you can take the over or the under on 78 out of 169. (laughs) I was thinking about 50 to 60. I'm going to take the under. Okay, you're going to take the under. So your guess would have been 50 to 60. The answer is actually very low. It's 21. What? Only 21 players have been traded or released before playing a game with their drafting club. Now listen to how crazy this is. So LAFC are like three of those. Toronto FC, every single player except for one, never played a game for them. But everybody else wow. mostly sticks with their team. Huh. Like trading expansion players was not a thing until like 2015-ish. Hmm. So yeah, 21. That's truly incredible. All right. So no, no points for anybody. Oh, Harrison got that one. Yeah, never mind. Two points. 70. That would be crazy. All righty. Ian, you are up. I think it's 4-0 to Harrison. It's not going good. I need a I need to get comeback of dreams is in. there. Yeah, give me number. Give me question one. Is one still out there? Yes, it is. Uh, this is our MLS Cup question. So Jack Elliott scored in the 124th minute to set the record for the latest goal in MLS playoff history before Bale equalized in the 120 plus eight to break the record. Who held it before these two? The latest goal? The latest goal in MLS playoff history. It was mentioned on the broadcast. MLS playoff, not just MLS Cup. But MLS playoff, playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. It's going to be like really famous too. Is it? Um, do I know that scored a really late one? You know, the only one that's really come to mind that's super late is uh, Christian Nemeth. It is not. Or is that your formal guess? Well, so you just, just indicated that it's not right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nice. Yeah, yeah, that would have been my formal guess. <laughs> it is it is not Christian Namath. Harrison, would you like to steal? Uh I I was stuck in the playoff in the championship and I know that New England scored a late one, but now I don't know, Kai Kamara, he scores lots of goals. I have no idea. It's not Kai Kamara. I, I think this is gettable, so I'm gonna give you a hint. It was a union goal. In the last three years. Oh, it was, what's his face? Glesnes? Yeah, Glesnes yeah. against New York nice. Rebels. One, 120 plus three. <laughs> a banger of a goal, too. Yes, it was. Uh, we have two more. I don't know how that's possible, but we have two more questions. I think uh, is, is, oh, it, is it mine or his? It is yours. It is yours. Let's go. Let, let's go. Dose trace. Uh, let's go six. <laughs> Dose trace. Okay, this is this is a fun question. Of, uh, all, the, all the cool people say six now. Uh, Dose trace. Well, uh, instead of saying six, I just I, I wanted to uh, yeah. <laughs> be a little silly. There you go. Dose trace. Of the five players selected by St. Louis in the expansion draft, which of them is currently making the most money? One in five chance. Very generous. I feel like it's a trick question. How well do you know your veteran minimums? (laughs) Is it Vasilev? Oh, it is not Indiana Vasilev, at least per the uh, MLSPA's salary guide. I think think it's... 
It's got to be Jockney for me. It is. I have no idea how to say that guy's name, so I'm not going to say it. But it's the G, the G man. Jockney, jo- right? Joe, 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 Zucchini. That's the one name that I can pronounce. Uh, yes, it is him. He, he's making something like three hundred and sixty thousand, and Vassal That's is like who one. I was going to go with, and I thought, no, maybe he's on some sort. It's a trick question. He's on a loan deal. Maybe he's making a lot more on the English Premier League side. Nah, that's the. Uh, that's unfortunate. This is your chance. You can come back, and guess what? It has worked out perfectly again because it is four-one, and this last question is worth three points. Okay. All this, right. I this, like it. The spirit of Istanbul lives in Seattle. Oh, no. oh, um, okay. So uh, <laughs> it's quite funny because I couldn't answer this. Name any three players on St. Louis's MLS roster that didn't get picked in the expansion draft. Name any three players on St. Louis's roster that didn't get picked in the expansion draft. All right. Well, let me get a freebie with Tim Parker. There you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll give. There's your freebie. Because after that, good luck. <laughs> Um, then there's like, um, what is that guy's name already? It's, um, uh, they got a dumb midfielder. It's got a stupid name and it's, oh, you know what? They got Jared Stroud. I remember that. They did get Jared yeah. Stroud. There's two. Who's going to be? And, oh, uh, Berkey, Ronan Berkey. There you go. The, you there you got go. your Nailed it. Oh, it's a 4-4 four, four draw. Care. Yeah, another. Let's go penalties. I was looking at this list, and the, <laughs> until they until they made the Jared Stroud and Azil Jackson trade signing things, I was like, other than Berkey, I can't name a single player on this list. <laughs> they also have Josh Yarrow. They did pick up Josh Yarrow. That's right. I forgot about that. I'm trying to remember what their their other DP is. It's like Ramses something. There's Ramses Alm. Ramses they have a Rasmus Alm. Rasmus. Who is the other Rasmus we had in there for a while? Their DP. There was a Rasmus Elm, I think, who played for Arsenal at one point. There's uh, like who? Who? What MLS? Didn't Cincinnati have a Rasmus? Like a Rasmus Schuler? Am I remembering that right? That's that's a name I've heard Ooh, before. That's yeah. this is peak. This is peak guy. Remember that's Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, good old Rasmus Rasmus Schuler and uh, Ilcino, that midfield. <laughs> So, so they've got as DPs, they've got a Brazilian guy named Klaus, um, All right. who, who uh, scored some goals in like Finland, I think. Looking at okay. Wikipedia, <laughs> sure. Uh, and then they have a guy named Edward Lowen, Edvard Lowen, uh, Edvard who, Lowen, who's a twenty-five-year-old midfielder who uh, played some Bundesliga games. Looks like. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, he only played two games in Next Pro last year, so you know, unproven on these shores. And then they have like a, a just a bunch of guys that are mostly Scandinavian. Yeah, but that's it. That's their team. Also, their coaches was apparently a Red Bull assistant. I didn't even know they had hired a coach yet. That's good podcasting for me. There we go, St. Louis. Welcome to Major League Soccer. We'll probably forget you exist for the next two seasons. <laughs> Uh, only only uh, if you get mad about XG online will we acknowledge you. Will we acknowledge you? Yeah. It's the only way to get attention. <laughs> All right, everybody. That is the episode of American Soccer Analysis Show. I want to thank my co-host Harrison. Uh you can find him on Twitter at Harrison underscore crow. Kieran, you can find him on Twitter at Kier Doyle, K-I-E-R Doyle. Uh, you can follow American Soccer Analysis on Twitter. That is at Analysis Evolved. Uh, visit the website www.americansocceranalysis.com um yeah we have a patreon uh which should be great if you uh want to support the work we do here in american stock analysis all the data things like that more and more people are accessing this site every week and it gets more and more expensive to host it um we're trying to keep up so a great way to support us is to just go to patreon five dollars a month gets you um into our discord we just have a members only discord really cool people in there it's just a fun way to support and kind of interact with the community do some networking if you want to get involved in the uh, analytics space uh or just talk soccer or listen to me make really bad jokes um all that is available to you for that. So we really appreciate you giving that a visit. It's uh, patreon.com slash American Soccer Analysis. And uh, I actually have a little bit of an ad read for the first time ever. Um, and that is from our friends at Backheeled uh, and their newsletter, uh, Tackled. 
Uh, every weekday, Tackled sends you the best American soccer stories floating around the internet. No fuss, no frills, just a list of them. Bob must read, listen, and watch soccer content. Tackled knows your time is limited, so they're cutting through the noise for you. With Tackled, you don't have to hunt for the best stories. They'll come right to you. Check out Tackled.com. That's T-A-K-L-D.com. Become a free or premium subscriber today. That's Tackled.com. T-A-K-L-D. Your guide to the best in American soccer. That is all we have for this afternoon. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back. Uh, well, we'll see. We got the offseason coming up. We'll probably want to talk about the World Cup. Uh, enjoy that, everybody. And uh, we will see you then. Um, until then, enjoy the soccer. Hold it your turn to roll Before they fall Through your fingers Not a good night Buckling down on you now Don't you drown